a really quick and exciting announcement to make. The Menopause and Cancer podcast is now also on YouTube, and I'm so excited that more people now get to watch our conversations. So the link to the YouTube channel is in our show notes. Please go and subscribe to the channel so that more people who need to hear our conversations are able to find them. Thank you. Hi, I'm Danny Bennington and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is for anyone who's been affected by cancer and menopause. I'll be speaking to special guests and menopause experts to help us find solutions to our symptoms and of course address the greater picture. We're going to talk about everything from mental health to physical health, sexual health to bone health and everything in between. Nothing is off limits. Welcome. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode on the podcast. If you're in your 20s and 30s and you're affected by menopause and cancer, this is a really important episode for you to listen to. I'm joined by the fantastic Jemima Reynolds. Jemima heads Health at Trekstock and Trekstock is a fantastic charity helping young adults in their 20s and 30s feel better throughout their cancer journeys. Trekstock say, navigating life in your 20s or 30s is hard enough, let alone when you've been diagnosed with cancer. We get that everyone's different and no one understands the impact this diagnosis has more than you. It's really, really amazing that Jemima and I are here today to talk about a very successful project that two of us have run with for the last year and a half, and that is the Navigating the Menopause program that Trekstock has so successfully run now for the last year and a half. Jemima and I will talk you through what the needs were that we established that so many young women complain about, where the healthcare gaps are, and how we can help signpost so that more women in their 20s and 30s get the adequate menopause care that they deserve. We really think that menopause, especially in your 20s and 30s, is the added layer. It's like a layer of insult to your existing injury the injury being your cancer and menopause then brings many, many added layers with it of confusion, of not knowing what to do next, of debilitating symptoms, of not knowing where to turn for help. And so Jemima and I, in our short conversation today, will talk about everything that we have discovered, how we wanted to help, how that help manifested in our program, and how you, if you're affected, can also benefit from some of the work we've been doing. Let's welcome her in. Hello, Jemima. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Danny. Lovely to see you. It feels like one of these many hours on a Tuesday evening that we've run our menopause program, isn't it? We're both on Zoom, we're recording. (laughs) It does indeed, and such delight um, our program to run with you. So, Jemima, before we go into the work we've been doing together... Tell us a little bit about Trekstock and what you do. So Trekstock is a charity that supports 20 and 30 years with and beyond cancer. It supports them to get connected, get equipped with the right information that matters to them and to get active with and beyond cancer. After all, young people are surviving cancer, but what cost to their mental and physical health and quality of life? And you're a fairly small charity, so I just want people to imagine Um, how big you are. We don't know sometimes charity sounds this big institution and we think there's hundreds of people working, but you're a small team. 
Right. We're a small team of five punching above our weight and really passionate <laughs> about shifting the dial for young people in cancer care. And you do an amazing job. I've been to loads of your events and way before COVID, you've put on all of these fantastic events where young people can meet and move together and eat together and learn together. And it's I always walked away feeling a little bit later in my step. So carry on. Thank you um, so much. When you set up a series called Lifting the Lid, you decided to do a Lifting the Lid about the menopause. How did that come about and what is Lifting the Lid? Lifting the Lid came about because there are many topics that are just not talked about in cancer care. And young people, young women in particular, were approaching us and telling us that they weren't being supported around menopause, exercise, LGBTQI issues. So we wanted to shine a light and lift the lid on the, the important conversation around the lack of support for young people when it came to menopause. Okay. And a lifting the lid for menopause, that was an in-person event, right? You had loads of people turn up and who was on your panel? Because one of the things that is so brilliant about Trexdog, you've got brilliant experts that always come and support your events. Who came to that? We had over 80 people in a room. We had Dr. Louise Newson. We had the Daisy Network. We had Heather Curry. And we also had two young people talking about their own experiences. So Nikki Newman from Secondary Sisters. And we had Lydia Brain, who had had womb cancer, talking about her own experience as well. And after that, I remember you contacting me and we've known each other for quite a few many years, but you contacted me and you felt really outraged at all of the stories the young people were telling you of how undersupported they are and how they're lacking or they feel they're lacking in their care. And I thought, oh, well, that's brilliant because that's how I've been feeling for a long time now. I felt outraged every single week at how little support there is for people after cancer when they find themselves in menopause. So we came up and sort of dreamt up a little program, didn't we? Thinking, how could we best support a little bit more than just a workshop? I think it came about because the most shocking thing happened when we were doing Lifting the Lid, which was Sam Evans from Joe Devine was on the panel and she said to how many of you are struggling with a dry vagina and every single person put up their hand and these are young people in their 20s and 30s and this is just not right to be happening and so I was really outraged that there was lack of support contacting Danny in terms of her own story and wanting to shift the dial for these people and to give them support. And that's what our programme is all about. And that's why we both sat down and looked at all the different issues that come up when it comes to, to menopause due to a cancer diagnosis. Mm. And we wanted to shout loud and proud about it and ensure better support. So that's what we did. And I remember initially we did look around and we thought there must be loads of things happening in the country. There must be NHS initiatives. There must be some of the bigger charities, some of the well-trodden paths. And there was nothing. No. And there weren't even blog posts on bigger charities sort of websites highlighting that this could be a problem. Yeah, there was very much a lack of support. Very much so. And then what was so shocking for me is that there was also such a lack of knowledge. So it's not just knowing that we need help and there is no help, but there was also such a lack of knowledge within ourselves. A bit like when I said to you, I didn't know I was going through menopause when I had chemotherapy. And then in the 
future sort of weeks, we realized that most people when they've started our program had no idea where they were at, what caused really their menopause, what their symptoms were, what is associated to it. And so there was this massive void. I mean, huge void. I mean, people, you know, from all types of cancer were coming are coming on our program. And that really shocked me from people who have got bowel cancer, cervical cancer, breast cancer, lymphoma, sarcoma, ovarian, thyroid. The majority of people when it you think of menopause is, is to do with either gynae cancers or breast cancer. And yet we were having people from all types of cancer come and join the program. And that really shocked me because I'd never really thought about it from the angle of bowel cancer or from the angle of sarcoma. Yeah. And we knew very early on that we needed to bring a really good group of experts together. And and all the experts were quite amazing at giving their free time in helping us put this program together. We also knew we weren't going to wrap it all up in a couple of hours, were we? And we knew we really needed time. So we've created this six-week program that is very much being together and guiding people through the process together because we have so many emotions as well. It's not just about getting rid of our symptoms. It's also about understanding where we're at and knowing that we can make small changes and bringing community together. Can you remember looking through at some of these statistics? Because we had so many people filling our surveys. Can you just remind us of a few of these sort of statistics that people answered to the questions we gave them? Well, we had people telling us um, when they were first diagnosed that 42% of people said the oncology team didn't even talk to them about it, about menopause. And the care that people said was that they felt that the care that had been offered to them was poor and that 46% of people said they didn't even get any support when they were coping with it. And also people just are looking into the void of the internet, talking to on social media, and there's so many conflicting advice. And that's why we wanted to create a program where we could really bring together all those different ways because, Danny, it's such a holistic approach is needed when it comes to menopause because one size doesn't fit all. And Mm. what we found massively is that people didn't know enough about their medical options or even whether HRT was an option. Vaginal estrogen is such a hot topic and not talked about enough. And most importantly, that there are options, you know, non-medical options and other medical options that aren't HRT. And one thing that really shocked me was that people had felt so much more alone because Mm -hmm. of going through early menopause, even within the cancer community. And I thought that was a really interesting point because they've, they felt isolated even within the cancer community of young people. And so many people tell us time and time again, their friends don't get it, their family doesn't get it. And the kind of shame and, you know, your mum may be going through it at the same time as you. And that just feels so wrong and so unfair. So there's so many emotions, as you were saying, there are so many emotions. And and that's why community is so important. It's not Mm -hmm. just handing them an information leaflet and crack on. Mm. And I wonder whether the dialogue needs to change within the hospital setting as well, because most of the young people that we spoke to, they asked their oncologists or their teams, and they really wanted to know. They said, you're going to put me, let's say, on an anti-hormone treatment. I have heard this might put me into menopause. 
what's it going to be like? So many of them really wanted to know. They wanted to be prepared. And often they got a pushback and they said, well, just come back and tell us if you need us. And so that really made them feel disempowered in a way. And what we know is they wanted more. And especially because they're so young, they're out there, they're researching. Google is then often your best answer. And we know that's not good enough. And that can be a really confusing place because it's never specific mm -hmm. enough. Yeah. I also think that it's really important to recognize that there are so many discrepancies, even within on oncology teams. So you may be treated in one hospital and be given vaginal estrogen and say, they say it's safe. And then you may be going to another hospital um, that someone else goes to a hospital with the same diagnosis. And they're just a lack of kind of quality of the care across different trusts and hospitals and lack of education. I, I, what I think is really sad is that young people aren't, it isn't revisited with them. So maybe they're told when they're first diagnosed and, and when you're first diagnosed, all you, all you want to know is, are you going to survive cancer? And you put your head down, you crack on with the treatment and it's just not revisited and it should be because it's so important to empower young people to be able to take control of their bodies and be able to make the changes and know that there are options because after all, in, in the words of the wonderful Debs, you know, options are hope and they bring hope and something that we feel really strongly about in the programme, Danny. Mm -hmm. is giving people options. Yes, absolutely. And we have had people that had no contraindication to HRT, for example, after yeah. pelvic radiation. No one spoke to them about their menopause, that there is hope out there, that they can go on medical treatments, and it just wasn't discussed. And I think we were always the most upset about those cases, right? If people have conversations, even if they weren't fully supported, at least they could have a rope that they can sort of then angle forwards. But if people haven't had the possibility to discuss it, often what we realized is they didn't notice they were even in it. Yes. Many women, or it was hugely disempowering, had no idea whether their periods are going to come back. You know, cancer really takes away most of your control. And then being in another limbo, mm -hmm. in another sort of situation where you don't know what's going to happen. Are my periods going to come back? Are they going to disappear forever? It's one of those situations where we just think, how do I navigate that? It's such a worry. It is such a worry. And I, I mean, I, one particular case comes to mind of a, a young girl in her 20s who had been diagnosed with bowel cancer. And she started to experience, she'd had radiation and she started to experience hot flushes and vaginal dryness. And she contacted her team and they said, oh, yeah, you're, you're in early menopause. And she said, oh, OK. And they said, oh, we're prescribing some HRT, go and pick it up from the pharmacy. And when I spoke to her, when we spoke to her, we just couldn't believe that she'd just been left to get on with it. She didn't even know how to use it or what it was, or, or hadn't even been prepared that that could be. And I think what is really important is that cancer care is still being offered in relation to it being an acute condition, but it's actually viewed by the World Health Organization as, as a chronic condition, a long-term condition. And therefore the services aren't set up in the NHS to be de dealing with post-treatment clinics and post-treatment support. I mean, menopause clinics are few and far between and 
therefore the care that cancer patients are getting is scanty. And I think that the fact that menopause isn't seen as something that needs to be supported is because of the way cancer is viewed still in the NHS. Mm. And I think we realised quite early on, just like I mentioned, that we need to bring quite a big team of experts together because we felt there are so many amazing experts out there that have individual focuses and areas of expertise and we need to bring them all together and we need to hear from all of them because we have so many different areas to address it's because it affects us menopause affects us from top of our head to our toes and everything inside we need different tools to use for different problems almost and what was so beautiful that our experts, whether they were Dr. Anis Mukherjee, whether they're Dr. Rebecca Lewis, we had Sam Evans, all really shared so passionately and also with so many amazing tools. And going back to vaginal issues and problems, for example, I remember so many women not knowing that we actually have vaginal moisturizers, but they're not to be bought in boots over the counter because they contain so many additives. And so when mm. it was broken down, very little things sometimes can become really helpful. Can you remember Stacey, who even went onto national television yes. for us and to speak about her experiences? And you went, didn't you go on that day to film for? And I think what is amazing about that is that cancer was previously left out of the conversation. And that's why we brought about our programmes, because menopause was not being talked about in general. But then cancer compounds that. And so because there aren't options, there are sometimes there's really important conversations about shared decision making, it's more complex and interactions with drugs. And but also, you know, the, I was just thinking back to the fact that mental health is so affected by having cancer. The top support need in our community anyway is psychological support and mental health support. And yet then put layers upon layers of of going through menopause. And, you know, people are telling us that they have really high anxiety, depression. They're struggling with low mood, low libido, fatigue, you name it, itchy skin, vaginal dryness. These all are just a melting pot of of such trauma, actually, when already cancer is already a trauma in your life as a young person. And that's yeah. why I'm so passionate about ensuring we have those experts to address every different area of mm. the care that you need with menopause. Mm. And it can be so simple. And I think this is, we know it can also be really complex and really difficult. And sometimes really small, simple measures can really transform someone's quality of life. And going back to Stacey, who was also on the podcast, and she talked about going on to the Divina McCall documentary with you. And she was like in a shell at first, she couldn't speak about her experiences. She was really withdrawn. And so just knowing there is access like vaginal moisturizers, vaginal estrogens have really improved the quality of her life. And that doesn't cost the NHS a lot of money. And that isn't something that difficult to provide. This isn't a really difficult care, but it can make a huge difference to someone's every single day of your life. And that's what we're so passionate. Yeah, the quality. Absolutely. I also think that one of the things we talk about in the program, Danny, is that the holistic approach. So exercise, you know, if an oncologist doesn't know what support they can give someone who's going through early menopause, 
exercise can reduce hot flushes. It can improve bone health, cardiovascular health, can help cognitive function and fatigue. I mean, fatigue from cancer is huge anyway, and then compounded, as I said, by, by menopausal symptoms. And, you know, it just gives someone something in their armory to be able to support themselves and take back control. And that's why we have our Renew program with Trekstop. It's an eight-week exercise program specifically tailored for our people from our program who uh, to support them with menopausal symptoms. So improving bone health, improving cardiovascular health, and, and all of that is so important because, Danny, your bones deteriorate when estrogen depletes in your body. Is that right? Yeah. And I remember it's one of the biggest worries, right? We often ask what's your biggest sort of physical worry in terms of menopause. And most of the times we had, I don't know, over 80% say their bone health is a real worry. And of course, we have got young members in our community who have been advised not to use HRT because of the type of cancer they've had. So to just say to them, we wouldn't recommend HRT if that's what their medical team said, but not give them any option mm. is yeah. soul destroying because it just makes you feel as if your bones are going to go and fall to pieces yeah. and you're going to die of a hip fracture or something crazy because yeah. our mind makes up all of these future worries, like it's adding layer and layer of, of another worry. And so going in and having an expert talking about nutrition and we brought in the Renew exercise expert and we've got to, we talk about all the non-hormonal medical options as well. And there are lots of drugs that can help and support and prevent osteoporosis and osteopenia and so suddenly people think oh my gosh I have options I can become active every single day and if anyone is sitting at home listening to this thinking I can't even get off the sofa then do reach out to Trekstock because the trainers are trained to help you make your first steps it's not something that you just tune into an online program with someone who is remote or removed or you you youtube something this is this, there is specific advice and help out there and it can yeah. be really accessible as well and also you're doing it in community so you're doing it with another um six or seven people who are, have gone through menopause uh, are going through it so it's a real sense of peer support and you know cheering each other on and I think that's what we found about our program wasn't it that sense of just knowing you're not alone as well and alongside all the amazing experts but also just just the relief that people felt that they that there were other people like them going through three similar. Mm. And Danny, I just remember those moments where people suddenly, you could see their eyes light up and you could see them thinking about the ways that they could change small tweaks in their lifestyle or ways that they could improve their sleep or you know how Anise Mukherjee talks a lot about the house of menopause and then you've got Sam Evans talking about sex and you've got Dr Philip Kay just talking about going to your GP how do you get the best out of your GP appointment what do they need to know what do you need to take with you what can you expect from that appointment like what is best practice and then we've got Toral Shah, who was on your podcast coming to talk about nutrition this time. We've got the amazing Lindsay Thomas talking about mental health. And, and, you know, loads of people are worried about brain health. So what else can you be doing to support, support mm. that? And I just, I just think it's so important to be given these people who are on our programme hope because hope has been taken from them. Hope and choices. And I think where 
I always feel a lot of the really sort of key moments are happening is when people listen to all these experts and they digest all of the advice and we see them scribbling down loads of notes and their notebooks yeah. are out and you can see their brains engaged and what can they take away for themselves. And then we allow a bit of chat between them. And this is where a lot of magic, I mean, it's a silly yes, word, yes. isn't it? But this is where a lot of magic sometimes happens because we've had people say, oh, yeah, I was actually offered antidepressants by my menopause specialist, but I didn't take them because I just thought they're wrong for when you're in menopause. But now I understand because I'm a specialist case, I've had cancer. And what you realize, sometimes we just need longer to process things, yes. mull it over in our head, talk about it with other people, and then we can make informed decisions for ourselves. And that is something that will always be lacking within a normal hospital setting or doctor setting, isn't it? We've got yeah. a short period of time. There is no real, you're so sort of in your head, there is no real time for that exchange. And so that space to connect with others and to mull things over is a really useful thing to have, I think. Um, and it's think been lovely to see people break through, isn't it? And realize what they can do. I also think that the topic of HRT is something that is the, the only thing that seems to be being broadcast as the only option when it comes to coping with menopause. And what's so beautiful is real, realising how each part that we offer slots in to, to the picture of how people can support themselves. Because even if you're on HRT, Danny, you need to do exercise to be able to support it. HRT takes time to to be able to work out the right dose for you and it needs lots of tweaking and support to do that and for some people HRT isn't right and that's when lots of the young women on our program and those who identify as women are telling us they're like oh but if I can't take HRT there's nothing and I think that is the really really key thing is that as we keep saying there are so many options that needs to get out to people living post-cancer. And if more and more people are supported by oncologists to understand that there are different ways that they can be signposting to programs like ours, clinical nurse specialists, you understand if you're still having periods doesn't necessarily mean you're not going into to early menopause perimenopause and the impacts that's having on mental health. Like I spoke to social workers who said to me, oh, lots of people really struggle with mental health. Um, difficulties and I was like yeah and menopause can compound that because we always hear where does my cancer where does the cancer trauma end and menopause begin and and you know they are unfortunately intertwined right Danny? Absolutely absolutely Jemima and it's helping people also to understand where they're at how can they navigate yeah. the medical system and and also what's really, really key for us is that everyone knows, and I think they don't think they have no options for very long. As soon as they come in and we sort of wrap them into the program, they know they have so many options. Mm. But it's also really important to do something about it. So we can give people the best of advice and we can have the most amazing experts. People need to become active. And by bringing people together into a community, we're holding people accountable a little bit because we're checking in with them. We want them to tell us how they've done, have their contact their GP and so week by week we really celebrate people's successes and that is something I'm always really excited about this isn't a it's all a bit rubbish and it's doom and gloom we are there week after week celebrating people feeling they have more options people having contacted their healthcare professionals people having more conversations even maybe saying to their partners or family members what's going on with them can mm. be a feeling like a lift off their shoulders and so 
week by week, we can see how well people are doing, which is fantastic. I thought I'd share some of the amazing stats that we've had from our feedback. I mean, 83% feel clearer about their options. 92% feel more informed of medical options. 100% feel more optimistic about their future. 82% feel less scared about their long-term health. 82% now know that part lifestyle plays in their menopause symptoms. And 68% feel more confident talking to loved ones and family and friends. And 83% would definitely recommend the program to other young people. And I just think the last thing to say is that their mental health improves. So people rate their mental health post-program 8 out of 10, which is just really, really amazing to hear. And Which is amazing. I, th- I thought I'd end on a quote, Danny. Um, yeah, do that. I wish I had access to all this information at the very start of my menopause journey. I can't believe the guidance and education isn't provided by the NHS to young adults with cancer and we're left to seek it out ourselves. Thank you so much for putting this together. It made me feel less alone. I wish it didn't have to end. It's It's taken a few sessions with you guys to feel more educated and informed when it comes to my options. And I can't explain how much I appreciate your help. Oh, Jemima, that's lovely. Oh, that's really lovely. Uh, We've got another program coming up. I'm not sure. We are recording this just to put this into context for people. It's beginning of October 2022 when we're starting in a couple of weeks, aren't we, on the 24th of October. But by the time people are listening to this, we might be already in the program. So if you're listening to this and you're a young adult in your 20s or 30s, still reach out to Trekstock because these programs aren't going to stop. If anything, we're going to run more. How and where can they reach out to you or to who do they reach out to, Jemima? So head to our website and or you can contact health at trekstock.com, which is me. On our website, you can register your interest for the next program. The next program is coming in early 2023. And we are really, really passionate about through the program's feedback and everything that we learn. We are constantly tweaking that program and improving it because after all, more people are surviving cancer, but we want to improve their quality of life so they can thrive with and beyond cancer. Thank you, Jemima. And if any healthcare professional is listening to this, because I know a lot are listening to this and we get emails sometimes, they can also reach out to Trekstock because there is also lots of resources available for healthcare professionals. So reach out if you want to know more in how you can support young adults in cancer. Jemima, I see you in a couple of weeks for our weekly Zooms with the whole team. Thank you. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I just love spending my my evenings with Danny. It's an absolute delight. I actually do. Can you remember years ago when we did our first one and we all talked about watching sex education and the whole... Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, and, did. and it was fantastic. And we all talked about all of our sex lives and people shared. And, oh, my gosh, it was just fantastic, right? It's a really brilliant... I, I mean, love it. The right to have a good sex life for a young person is so key. So we talk about that. No taboo is too taboo for Trek Stock. And what I also want to quickly say is that it's not just the program that we want to change. We want to shift the dial in the policy and the way people are supported in, in the NHS right across the cancer pathway when it comes to menopause. Go for it. Thank you, Jemima. Thank you so much, Danny. It's been a delight.
I hope this conversation has been useful. I hope that if you are in your 20s and 30s, that you do feel now that you have options, that sometimes we need a little bit of help. You might have to join the Trekstock program or look for other charities or look outside the box and think, who can I contact now that can help me? Because Jemima and Dani are saying there are options. We just have to go and look for them. And if you are a healthcare professional, also reach out to Trekstock, reach out to myself. We're always really happy to further help and signpost if you are working with young adults in their 20s and 30s who perhaps are in menopause with a cancer diagnosis. There is always more room for more conversations because the more we open up and the more we put our heads together, I really believe, the more we're going to find brilliant ways through this menopause malarkey. Wishing you all a great day. And as always, please share this podcast with anyone that you think might need to listen to it. Flick through the older episodes and just have a look if something is of interest to you. If you could rate and review the podcast, I'd be so, so happy because it helps us that other people can then find the podcast episodes as well. As always, you can email me to danny at healthyholme.com. I'm always happy to hear from you. And if I can, I'll help signpost in whichever way that might be relevant. Wishing you all a lovely day and see you on the podcast soon. Bye.